0: you guys must do miracles on these things. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're welcome to church. Have you observed that, have you observed that sometimes you sit in church with a person for like two, three hours and you don't even talk to the person. Have you observed that? It's very possible to sit in church with somebody three hours, four hours in church and you don't even talk to the person just face like this. You don't talk to the person. Can you talk to the person on your right and to your left and just ask them, how are you this morning? Did you eat? What did you eat? Do you need help? What can I help you with? Do you need money? I have a lot of money I can give you. Amen. It's always good to talk to people around you in church. Amen. All right, I have an assignment, very quick one. Uh, I think by half past 1 we should be done by the grace of God. All right, let's go to the book of 1 uh, Samuel chapter 17 verse number verse 25. 1 Samuel 17:25. I want to teach on the secret of winning battles. The secret of victory in battles. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killed him, the king, will enrich him with great riches. Number one. And will give him his daughter. Number two. And make his father debt free in Israel. The father's house will be completely out of. Of debt and will be completely free from taxes. You will not pay tax as you leave. <laughs> and the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man? Okay, verse 26. It says, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, All right, what shall be done to the man that killed this Philistines and take it away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Then verse 27. Twenty-seven says, and the people answered him after this manner, saying, "So shall it be done to the man that killed him." All right. Verse twenty-eight, and Eliab his elder brother—that's my emphasis. Follow me as I read this one. This is what I want to focus on. And Eliab his elder brother. Eliab, his elder brother, control the echo, please. Just give me some birds. Eliab, his elder brother, I'm going to explain to you what an elder brother means in this contest. Eliab, his elder brother heard when he spake unto the man, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why comest thou down here, and with whom has thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride is because you are naughty. That is why you are here. I know your pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come that thou mightest see the battle. What a misinterpretation. Verse 29. 29. 29. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a reason? Is there not a cause for me to be here? And he turned. From him. Strategies to win battles. And he turned from him toward another and spake after. You know what David was looking for? Somebody to tell him something positive. Not somebody to discourage him. He said he spake after another the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. right, The next one. It says, and when the words were heard, which David spake they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. Verse 32, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for thou art bought a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Amen. And David said, and David said, thy father, uh, and David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, the last one, he says, and I went after him, after him, I told you on Friday, that if you read the Bible, while reading the Bible, you can see some things that would make you feel like the writer of the Bible did not go to school. Okay, so how can a lion be a hymn? But when you see him there, it means that was a human being. That was a person. That was a spirit. And he after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Verse 36. 36, 36, 36. Amen. Thy servants slew both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. God bless his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright, I want to talk on strategies on how to win battles. A strategies on how to win battles. You know, you will forever, as long as you breathe, you will forever and ever keep fighting. You will never stop fighting. Never stop. Because the day you stop fighting... You start losing. As a matter of fact, breathing in and out is a battle. Amen and amen. Breathing in and out is what? Is a battle. If you are not a fighter, you cannot breathe in and out. Breathing in and out is a battle. As a matter of fact, every time you breathe, you are asking a question. When you breathe out, you are asking a question. And what is the question? Is it time for me to die? When you inhale, it is a reply that it is not time yet for you to die. Anytime you breathe out, you are asking a question. And when you inhale, you are being replied to. So, in life, you will always fight. Life itself, thank you son. Life itself is not a funfair. Life itself is a warfare. So you will always meet the battles of life every time you are about to go to the next level of your life. As a matter of fact, David was busy fighting with animals in the bush. All his life, he was busy fighting with bears and lions and tigers. But then it was time for him now to move to the next level. He had to face a bigger giant that seemed and looked bigger than him. And for him to get to where he was going, that was the last battle he had to fight and defeat in order for him to be qualified for the next height. So, one time the Bible says his father said to him, you are going to the battlefield to look after your brothers. You have to go there and check if your brothers are doing well. Take them something and go check what is going on there. The Bible says, and David appeared in the battlefield. When he appeared in the battlefield, he found a man called Goliath. And Goliath was a man who was humongous, a man who was a giant, a man who was scary and fierce. Goliath was a man whose voice was sent fierce. Down your spine. Goliath was a man who, when he spoke, Israel went into hiding. When he spoke, even Saul, the anointed king, ran away for fear. Goliath was a man. Goliath was not a human being. Goliath was a monster. He was a beast. Because the Bible recorded that he's got a few other fingers, more than the normal fingers of human beings. So while Goliath was there, opening his mouth and cursing the children of Israel, and cursing the army of the living God, and was releasing curses on all of them, while they were all hiding, only one guy was was provoked to face him you see we all can be confronted with all kinds of negative words and while the words are making you go into hiding only an anointed person a, only an anointed person will be provoked to deal with whatever the devil is saying while others are going on a hiding the anointing will make you to react the anointing will make you to react while the devil is screaming and others are running away. The scream of the devil provokes an anointing in the life of some people. When David got there and they saw how Goliath was ranting and how Goliath was speaking and how Goliath was threatening the children of Israel, something got provoked in him. That reminds me of a man called Samson. While Samson was on his way to Timnath, the Bible says a young liar against him and the Bible says something in him charged up. While his parents were running from the lion, the Bible says something went after the lion because there was something right inside of him. The Bible says, and David, when he heard how Goliath was placing curses and was saying, O man of evil, against the children of Israel, the Bible said, David went after the people. He said to them, what shall be done to the man who kills this man? What shall be done to the man who brings this man down? He has come to defy the army of the living God. He has come to fight against the purpose of God for Israel. He has come to fight against the plan of God for Israel. But what shall be done to the man? I pray that God is going to be raising people. God will raise people in churches. God will raise people in society. God will raise people in families. God will raise people everywhere. Where who will be the ones to stop the oppression of the devil? Who will be the ones to say, "I know the devil has done a lot of havoc in this place, but by my presence in this place, I am here to stop that devil." May God raise people who shall stop the devil before he carries out his assignment. Lift up your hand and shout, "I am the one! I am the one! I am the one! I am the one!" You are the one that God will raise in this and time to put a stop to the shame that the devil is bringing to
1: people.
0: Then he says I am here to stop whatever shame the devil is bringing or Goliath is bringing to the army of God to the children of the living God and the first man he spoke to he said what shall be done he said the first thing that will be done to the man is that the king will enrich him in other words he will be blessed with money he will have enough money in his life he will be so rich number two he will marry the daughter of a king the princess. Number three, the king will make his father free in Israel. His father will not have to pay tax anymore. No matter what they do, no matter what they achieve, no matter what the money they get, they will be tax free. And David said, I know my father is an ordinary shepherd. My father is just a farmer. We don't have money and the tax issue is so much on our shoulder. We are tired of paying tax. Therefore, I'm going to kill this man so that my family will be tax free. I'm going to kill this man. I've been desiring the daughter of the king, but I see that I am nowhere close it because of my status. But I know this is an opportunity. If I can bring down this Goliath, in other words, now the distance between me and marrying the daughter of the king is this Goliath. Therefore, I'm going to take this Goliath down because that is what I desire. Number three, I want. To be wealthy, I want to have money. So, the only thing that can make me to be wealthy is this Goliath, ladies and gentlemen. While others see problems, you should see opportunity, while others see challenges, you should see opportunity. Am I preaching? While others were seeing trouble, they were seen a giant called Goliath, who was a fierce giant, who, who had never lost one battle. David saw opportunity, he saw money, he saw a wife, and he saw tax-free, he saw freedom from tax right in that man. And the only way he could achieve all that was to kill Guy, Every one of you under the sound of my voice, never be a pessimist, be an optimist, never be a person who gets discouraged in the face of battle, be a person who has hope that no matter how fierce it is, the God in me is bigger than the God in them. talking to somebody here. While others see failure, while others saw trouble, while others saw discouragement, while others saw death, David kept seeing victory. David kept seeing victory. David kept seeing victory. He said, tell me again. I want to hear that again. While he was busy talking, his elder brother Eliab heard it. Ladies and gentlemen, be careful of People who have gone ahead of you. There are people that have gone ahead of you. They become fire extinguishers. All they want to do is to quench the fire you carry, so that you don't get close to where they are. They are called the elder brothers. The elder brothers are the ones who are bigger than you in certain ways, but they don't have no encouragement. They don't have no 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 encouragement and no motivation for you to provoke you. To to do better than you have ever done there are people who think that they can make monopoly of what are the blessings of God nobody owns it nobody owns it nobody owns greatness anyone can be great am i talking to somebody here the elder brother looked at him and said what are you come here to do it is because of your arrogance and your naughtiness and your pride that you are come here ladies and gentlemen that could have killed the fire of david That alone was enough to kill the father David. Let me take you back to the New Testament. In the New Testament, there was a man. there There was a man, he's called the prodigal son. The prodigal son left home. He was the younger one. He left home and squandered everything that he gathered. The Bible says when he came to his senses, he came back. His elder brother was angry. Because when he came back home, he saw there was party, there was music, There was celebration everywhere and he was angry at the father. He said, father, I have been here all along. You never threw party for me. But my younger brother went out and came back and you're throwing party. The elder always have issues when the younger ones are rising because they want to stop them from getting there do you know why your bosses are against you do you know why your friends are against you do you know why people above you don't want you to rise because they are intimidated that you might get better than them they are called the elder brother mentality oh the elder brother rebuked david is a have you come here to do? You are a naughty boy. You have come to see the battle. But ladies and gentlemen, one of the strategies of winning battles is what David did. David did not allow the words of the elder brother to weary him. There are people that are doing something that should make them, that should take them far. But because of one word from somebody, the fire in them dies. Don't be a kind of Christians whose fire dies at every challenge. Whose fire you have zeal, you are burning passion and desire for something. But because somebody said one thing to you, the fire just died, the nature rather. David says, not my fire. My brother, you can say everything, but it will not stop me from doing what my talking is. David, the brother, said to him, Listen, you are a naughty boy. You are a crazy boy. You are a stupid boy. The brother called them all kinds of names. He said, Because of your pride and naughtiness, have you come here? In other words, you didn't come here for a good cause. You came here for a bad cause. And that brought, that could have quenched the fire of David. But David was a man of focus who saw in Goliath a wife. He saw in Goliath money. He saw in Goliath freedom. Do you know why you stop fighting very easily? Do you know why when, when, when you're fighting out of the blue, you are tired of fighting? You know why? Because you don't see what is in your trouble. You don't see what is beyond your trouble. Because if you see what is beyond your trouble, you will fight with the last drop of your blood to kill that enemy so that you can move to the next level. Ladies and gentlemen, I started by saying life is a battle. Every time you drive out of your house, there is a demon that wants you dead. Every time you go for an interview, there's a demon that wants you to fail. But you must keep fighting until you win. When the brother said you are naughty, when the brother said you are crazy, when the brother said you are stupid, David did not listen to him again. Am I talking to somebody here? Listen, if you know people in your life who always talk nonsense, always discourage you, always try to pull you down, don't listen to them anymore. That is the secret. Learn not to listen. Listen. Learn not to listen to the voices, the negative voices that speak into your life and corrode your destiny. Learn not to listen. Am I talking to somebody? There are some of you, you'd like listening to people that discourage you, and you get worried when you are discouraged. You must let to shut your ears, close your ears to whosoever carries the fire of discouragement. You must let. Am I talking to somebody here? Some people will tell you, "Ah, this your zeal is too much, oh, or oh, this your fire is too much, oh. Don't you think you are taking it too far? Don't you think you are taking it too far? Why not slow down a little bit? If Jesus did not slow down to die for me, why should I slow down and serving him? Am I? talking to somebody here. Some people tell you I've been there. they tell you I was there and the thing never worked for me. Ladies and gentlemen, your destiny and tears are not the same. That it did not work for you, it will work for me. It did not happen for you, it will happen for me. Am I talking to somebody here? Your passion for God must never die because of what somebody told you. Your love for God must never go down because of how somebody tried to discourage you. Am I talking into somebody here some of you have lost your fire because of what somebody told you you have lost the passion for God because of what you saw in life who told you you wouldn't see Who told you, you will not hear stories about you. Who told you, discouragement will not come. Who told you, who told you, where did you read it? That you will not go through trials. That you will not hear bad things about you. Who told you, you will hear all kinds of things. Am I talking to somebody here? You will face all kinds of trouble. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Every child of God, under the sound of my voice, you must make up your mind. That no matter what... What life throws at you, you will not relent. No matter what life throws at you, you will not retreat. And said to him, what are you here to do? You know, there are people who tell you, what are you doing here? What doing? Are, what, are what are you doing here? Uh, what are you doing here? The people who, they would discourage you. What are you doing here? But you know what David did when, when, when he said he said, I know the naughtiness of your heart, that's why you are here. You know what David did? The Bible says David replied him in a nice way. David did not get angry because he called them proud and naughty. Listen, one of the one of the strategies, one of the things that you must have when you go into battle, you must not go into battles with emotions. Never go into battle because you want to prove a point. Never go into battle because you are angry. When you are irrational, when you are emotional, you cannot be irrational. Am I talking to somebody here? David he said, I'm about to go fight a battle. I don't need anything to discourage me. I don't need anything to distract me. He said to his brother. I am come here for a reason. I am here for a cause. I am here for something. You may not know why I am here, but I am here for a reason. Somebody may tell you, why are you all the way? Why are you serving God with everything? Why are you, why are you, why are you going crazy for God? You tell them that you may not understand. I know where I was when he picked me up. I know where I was when God touched me. I know where I was when my life was a mess when jesus came for me when nobody needed me jesus came all the way to look for me if i'm gonna die let me die serving god if i'm gonna go crazy that's okay but for god i will do anything David said is there not a cost there is a reason why i do what i do you may not understand because you were not in my shoes but i know what i do what i do because jesus went all the way my God, I came to encourage somebody. I came to tell somebody here, you are not serving God in vain. Somebody may tell you, you give your money. but you think you're being fooled? Ladies and gentlemen, you tell them, I know where I was. I didn't have money to give, but God has blessed me. I will do it for the Lord. There will be people coming around you to worry you and to pull you down. Tell them there is a cause. If you don't know the reason for what you do, you will easily get talked out of it. If you, I, I, I always tell you, that serve God with conviction. What is conviction? Conviction is a tailor-made revelation that God gives you about you and Him tailor-made, customized revelation. He has not given it to any other person. It is you alone that God has given it to. It might be by prophecy. It might be by a dream of the night that God shows you. It might be by encounter while you're reading the Bible. It might be by open vision. But God gives you an encounter. That is the encounter that revolutionizes your life. The other brother said, what are you doing here? You are not supposed to be here. He said, I'm I'm here for a cause. I'm here for for a reason. So so while he was there, he was telling I am here. Before he could finish, he was already going to the next person. He was asking the same question. What shall be done to the man who kills this Goliath? They have to rephrase it. They have to say it again to him. That listen, the man who kills this man, he will be enriched by the king. The king will give him his daughter and his father will be free in Israel. David says, I'm going. David said, I'm going. Let me give you about seven seven keys, seven keys, seven things you need in your life to win the battles of life. Number one, seven levels of intelligence you need to defeat the battles of life. Number one, you need emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence is what helps you know where to react and how to react and where not to react there are people who lack that intelligence anywhere they get angry is where they show it you don't do that there are times you are in a place where you are respected and honored you don't behave like a baby in the presence of those who honor you because you are angry There are people that look up to you. Some of you are angry that people look down on you. You are the reason for it. Because you belittle yourself. You bring down yourself and act like a baby in the presence of people. That is why they treat you like a child. But a woman and a man who carries himself with dignity, people will esteem you highly because they look at you with respect and you respect yourself. you done you can't be in church and you get angry you are screaming everybody's hearing you watching you ah, who is who is shouting ah, no sometimes you just behave yourself emotional intelligence knowing how to behave when to behave when to react and when not to react sometimes sometimes listen when you become when you become a Christian, you are not supposed to act like the people of the world. Listen to me, I became very mature at the age of 12, you know why? Because I was reading my Bible. Bible matures you. As a matter of fact, let's forget the Bible now. Any person who is a, who is studious, who taught this, who reads, Books have a way of maturing you. You will start if you see somebody who reads very widely. You will see somebody who has got element of maturity. When I began to read the Bible, I would read Bible from. I started the Bible until I I became a walking Bible until when and I became mature in issues in areas where people would normally react. I keep quiet. Not because I don't feel like reacting, but because I am emotionally intelligent. Hey, they are provoking me. Who told you they will not provoke you? I did what I did because they did what they did. Ah. It shows your level of maturity your level of maturity is not known in the absence of trouble your level of maturity is known when there is trouble that is where the lion and the animal in you is provoked but you are able to say no this is a work office this is a a work environment I shouldn't misbehave no this is a church environment I shouldn't misbehave no this this is this is this is this is this. you know where to act and where not to act someone say amen Somebody say amen. Come and talk to me. You must be emotionally intelligent. Know what to do. Know what to say. There are people when they get angry, they say everything. even things they are not supposed to say. No. There are enemies waiting to hear something from you. So sometimes they will provoke you so you can say it. So they can use it against you. Be mature enough to keep quiet sometimes and walk away. I learned it from Jesus when Pilate called him. Pilate began to poke him and to provoke him. He said, are you the king of the Jews? He kept quiet. Pilate was saying it sarcastically. He said to him, are you the king? Of the Jews, Jesus kept quiet. He wanted to mock him. Are you the king? Jesus kept quiet. He said, Don't you know that I have the power to kill you and to release you? Jesus said, You don't have the power. Jesus was a man who was emotionally intelligent, he knew how to deal with matter. Let me tell you if you know your Bible, there are certain things you will not do. If you know your Bible, there are certain ways you can never react. Second intelligence, financial intelligence, financial intelligence, because I tell you, I said to you that everything in life is a battle. So you are going to meet people. You are going to meet issues that sometimes there are places where the enemy wants to see your tears, refuse to cry, just refuse to cry. Second one, financial intelligence financial intelligence. Financial intelligence is what helps you to know what you need and what you want, not the difference. Some of you, as soon as money enters your hand, you want to buy something. That's not wise. That's not intelligence. As soon as money enters your hand, you begin to think of what to buy, what to spend with that money. That is not intelligence. You can't be on debt and you are going for more debt. You can't, you can't, you can't start working now and you are already indebted. You're already indebted everywhere. You are not intelligent. You must know the difference between a want and a need. People run into trouble because they don't know how to spend. Anytime you get to the shop, you want to buy, 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 buy. Let me tell you something. Your level of intelligence is not only known when you spend big money, it's what you do with small money. That little change in your pocket, okay. what do you do with it? Say, no, this one is just it's just more money. Let me just throw it away. Let me just do something. No, 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 no. Because you can't count up to one million without counting from ten cents or counting from one rand. It all begins there. It's all of this was accumulated that becomes one million. You must be intelligent. Know how to spend. Go and ask millionaires. They will tell you there was a time they desperately needed food but they saw that business was more important than food so they invested in business. They invested their money. The Bible says, Cast your bread upon the waters. For after many days you shall find it. It is a eat your bread, he said, cast it upon the water. And the Bible says he give a bread to the eaters, proceed to the sower. You want God to make you a receiver and a and a harvester. God should give you a seed. Financial intelligence. Number three, it teaches you three things. Number one, financial intelligence. Intelligence as a believer, teaches you number one, to tithe, number two, to give, number three, to help those in need, number four, to take care of your family. Your family comes first, actually, then okay, God comes first, then your family. To know how to take care of your family, the Bible says, He that cannot take care of his family is worse than an infidel. And you don't need millions to take care of your family, you just need empathy. You need empathy. You don't need millions to take care of your family. You need empathy. You need wisdom. You need intelligence. Know how to divide the bread among your children. Number three, relational intelligence. There are people that don't know how to relate some people don't know how to relate you can't be building friendship and you're very sarcastic in your statement you just open your mouth you just say anything anytime. you don't even know how to coordinate your words oh, Jesus. the bible says he that must have friends must first make himself friendly if you want to you're wondering why don't you have friends it's because your words are not good You don't know how to relate with
1: people.
0: Relationship-wise, you are zero. How do you relate to people? Sometimes you get overly excited that you even say things you're not supposed to say. A mature woman, a mature man knows that there are things I'm not supposed to say. There are things I'm not supposed to say. There are some body language I must not show. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, even a fool, if he behaves, if he keeps quiet, you will think he's wise. Even if a fool keeps quiet. I mean, a foolish man, quiet like this, you will think he's wise. So, what comes out of your mind according to James? He said, Through your words, we are able to level to, to measure your level of maturity. You can't be free with people and every time you talk to them you pull them down every time you talk to them you belittle them every time you talk to them you tell them how how unimportant they are how dare you do that how dare you put people down and you want people to relate with you no you can't have friends you can't have colleagues and every time you talk with your colleagues, you're always pulling them down. Always pulling them down. Always pulling. I'm telling you, you, it may not be happening to you, but your neighbor may be guilty of that. They pull people down just by what they say. And when you ask them, why did you say that? Say, but what wrong did I say? They are not intelligent enough that what they are saying is nonsense. Let me tell you the level of what, 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 what we call maturity or what we call perfection. Perfection is not the absence of failure. It is the ability to recognize when you are wrong. Oh, Jesus. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Your ability to know that I am wrong, that is your level of maturity. If you don't know when you are wrong, you are not mature. be intelligent with your words. Do you say hurtful things to people? Repent. You may be very emotional. But when you are emotional, that is when we know whether you have self-control or not. Control yourself. It may look like you are foolish. It may look like you are weak. You are not. You are just a mature person. Someone will say, you mean she spoke to you like that and you didn't reply? You just smile. You say, you don't understand. One time the disciples of Jesus, when the Pharisees came to threaten Jesus, his disciples said, Lord, call down fire to consume them. Jesus said, shut up. You don't know what manner of spirit you have. It's not to everything you react. Sometimes keep quiet, put your hands in your pocket and walk away. Two friends. Are in a relationship for a long time, is one person keeping it? If two people are friends for a long time, is only one person keeping it? One person who is able to apologize for no reason. Relational intelligence. Shaba. The next one, we have what is called health intelligence. Health intelligence. Health intelligence is what teaches you. Is the knowledge, the ability to know what to eat and what not to eat. To know what to do and what not to do. You are praying for divine health. Stop eating things that are killing you. Don't pray for divine health if you are still eating poison. God will allow poison to kill you. In the days of ignorance, God winked at it, but he has commanded all men to repent. In other words, when you are ignorant of it, God will help you. But when you are aware of it, God expects you to be wise. For, For without knowledge, my people do what? Perish. You must take care of your body. You must take care of yourself. Eat when you have to eat. Sleep when you have to sleep. Declare divine health over your body. Do whatever you take care of yourself. The Bible said, take heed unto yourself and unto the flock that the Holy Ghost had made you an overseer. And can I tell you something? Most times we pastors, we get so used to taking care of people that we forget to take care of ourselves. That's why the Bible says, take not unto yourself and unto the flock that the Holy Ghost has made you an overseer. Sometimes we are busy taking care of other
1: people
0: that we don't have time to take care of ourselves. Take care of yourself. Am I talking to somebody? Here? Don't eat KFC all the time. Caves is good, it's good. Bless it, but don't eat it all the time. Like in a month, eat it once. I'm not sure somebody yeah. in a month, do what? Eat it once. Those of you, those of you, let me teach you something. Please, it will help you. Those of you that during winter you have your electric blanket, uh, what do you call uh the, the gas heater? You know, gas heater. The gas heater and all those heater, you always put blanket on it and you put it inside. You cover it with blanket and you are heating your feet and you are happy. That thing will give you arthritis. It's very, very bad. If you stay very too close to a gas heater, you start realizing that you are having pains in your legs. You know why? Because the heat is draining the fluid in your feet and it can give you arthritis. Before you know it, you are 20 years old already. Your bones are shaking. Am I talking to somebody here? Yeah. You must don't stay to mostly the gas one, the gas heater. And those of you who use electric blanket, that thing is not wise. You heat your bed, then you remove it before you sleep. Don't sleep in it. It kills something in your body. Somebody say, man, you want to live long. Do you know why in the Bible they live long? I'm telling you, the man who lived longest on earth, his name is called Methuselah. He lived for nine hundred and six, I wonder, nine hundred and sixty-nine. You know why? They ate organic food. It's not only because God, there was no processed food. Their foods were organic, so they ate well, good food, natural food. But today we eat a lot of canned foods and all of that. Please learn to cook. Take care of yourself. Cook your own food sometimes. Don't do take away all the time. Don't always go to a restaurant and eat all these things you don't even know where they're coming from. If you ever go to China, make sure you cook your own food. Yesterday I was just doing some research just to know where this corner, co- 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 to- Toyota Corolla to. Came from, amen. It was from a scary animal. I've forgotten the name of that animal. From a very scary animal. They call it the. the they call it the. 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 the, the, the highest. The highest. Uh, uh, what do they call it again? They call it the. The highest. Uh. Uh. uh sold animal, the highest sold animal. That animal is when People are selling it and buying it everywhere. That was the animal where they found that the coronavirus is coming from. But Chinese people ate that thing. They just eat. And I was talking to my son. He said, they don't even cook. They just eat it. Amen and amen. Recently, there was a challenge in China, eating fresh food challenge. People were just chopping, chopping nonsense. Now they've recorded how many? About 800. 800 and something people have died because of what you ate. Do you know that what you eat controls you? That is why when you drink alcohol, you start doing like this. You want to control yourself, you can't anymore. You start misbehaving. You know why? Because what enters you, controls you. You must learn to be careful and cautious about what you allow enter your mouth. If you are eating food and there are flies, close it. Because every time a fly perches on your food, a fly releases a maggot. You know that name? yeah the fly releases a maggot very small it enters your food. let me tell you something it is only god helping us only God is happening. If you know the gems you eat every day. If you know the rubbish that enters your mouth. It is only God that that's why all of a sudden you eat healthy you according to you you eat healthy you go to the gym you do everything but one day you just fall sick. Out of the blue. Why? Those small small gems that creeps into your food. The things that creeps into your water. Can I can I can I can I provoke somebody? How many of you know that? Mm. Can I say this one? You know that water you drink from the tap? You know how unhealthy that water is? Some of you don't know. That water, very unhealthy. You may not agree with me, but I'm telling you. The water you drink from the tap, very unhealthy. These are processed water. So if the machine is faulty, (laughs) you are gulping rubbish. Ah, I'm fine now. God says if you obey and serve me, I will bless your bread, I will bless your water, I will take sickness from the midst of you. That is the only guarantee we have that God blesses our bread, he blesses our water, so we don't die of sickness. Someone say amen. Someone say amen. The next one I want to talk about is family intelligence. Someone say family intelligence. Come on, say after me, family intelligence. Say family intelligence. Say it again, family intelligence. Listen to me. I was reading my Bible in Genesis 14. I saw something that shook me to my bone. Mama, it shook me to my... You know what? The Bible says that that Abraham was at rest. He was just okay. He heard that a king had captured his brother. His cousin Lot. When he heard that a king had captured his cousin Lot, Abraham carried all the soldiers in his house. They went for a battle. Abraham said, Not my brother. He said, Not my brother. He went after the kings, fought with the kings, and rescued his brother. Are you your brother's keeper or your brother's killer? He went for the kings. Say, said, not my brother. Not my brother. Not my sibling. Can I tell you something? They may be extended family, but they are your brothers and sisters. Am I talking to somebody here? As long as you bear the same surname, they are your brothers and your sisters. You are a responsibility you have a role to play in the lives of your brothers and your sister if you cannot help them physically help them neologically You know what is neologically? Help them on your knees. Go down on your knees and pray for your siblings. Pray for your siblings. Let me tell you, if your father has got three daughters or three boys or one boy, two girls and all that, which means your family, what makes you complete is three. It makes it okay. When one dies, something is missing. One blood is dead. And as soon as a blood dies in your family, a door is open. If you're not careful, another will die, another will die. Am I talking to somebody here? That is why you have to preserve and protect your siblings. Pray for them. Help them the way you can. Am I talking to somebody here? Help your siblings. Help your children. Help your brother. Help your sister. Your child may be wayward, but it's still your child. Are you hearing me? Your child may be on drugs, but that is still your baby. Your child may be on alcohol. Your child may be sleeping everywhere. But that is still your child. You don't give up on your child. The father of the prodigal son. Waited for him in the balcony. Praying and believing that one day he would come back home. And when the guy came. He ran after him kissed him. Though The guy was smelling like a pig. But he embraced him and kissed him. And said welcome home son. When you have a child. You know you carried the baby in the womb for nine months. Ladies and gentlemen. Don't let the devil have that baby. Don't let the devil kill your child. Go after your child. Fight for the destinies of your family. Family intelligence. Let me tell you. Some people may be giving you stories about your about your brother, your sister, about family. Somebody will even tell you story about your mother, about your father, about your brother, your sister. Ask them. What is your gain? Why are you telling me something against my sibling? What is your gain? Am I telling somebody here? If somebody tells you something about your father, ask him, what is your gain? Family intelligence. Family blood is is strong. No matter what you did to mama, mama is still your mother. Even if you want, I was I was praying for a mother here. She was crying. She said the son has sold everything in the house for drugs. Sold everything. But she's crying. She says, I still love him. Let him come back, please. I said, ah. Sold television. She said, my house is empty. But I still, I said, this is blood. Blood. Family intelligence. You know you protect one another. Protect. Sibling may be crazy, but I love him. I love her. Your friend may be crazy. I love her. Your sibling may be crazy. Maybe, 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 may may have gone bananas, but you know what? That's still your blood. Love him. Can I tell you something? Any man, when a a woman or a man is mad, it is the family member that are put to shame. A mad man is not ashamed, it is you that is the family member that feels the shame. Yes. When you say a madman on the road, he doesn't care. It is you as a family member that feels the shame. You don't even want to say that's my brother, or, that's my sister. Because am I talking to somebody here? Yeah. Protect one another. The fifth one, spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence teaches you that you don't compete with another person because of their gift. There are people who come here and lead prayer. Listen, and that nonsense must stop. When a person is up here leading prayer or singing and you are sitting down, who are you? And when you stand here, you want everybody, hey, stand up, stand up. You get discouraged when people don't stand up. But when other people are standing up, you are sitting down doing your thing. Stop that nonsense, gospel runners. Every time I come here, sometimes I fly from Deben. Just the rest of a few minutes I'm here. I'm still standing, standing the whole week because I know the importance of God. Whether the worship team is singing rubbish, I dance. They are not singing to me. They are singing to God. Some people say, no, they are singing rubbish. You go outside. You go outside and stay outside. They are singing rubbish. Really? Where they are singing to you. They are singing to God. The keyboard may be out of tune. The microphone may not be working. But that's none of your business. All you came to do is to serve God. David said, is there not a cause? If you don't know the reason you are in church, you will compete and compare with everybody. When they say, stand up, stand up. Pray, pray. You're wondering why people are disobedient to you whereas you are disobedient to everybody. Let it. No matter who is standing, whether they are smaller or they are bigger, as long as they are representing God here, you don't see their stature, you see the God in them. That is why I'm telling you, when they say, stand up, I jump. I am the first to jump up. When they say, stand up, I am the first. You know why? Because I'm not seeing them. I wish people could learn. Listen to me. That is why God put leaders ahead of you, for you to learn from from them, learn from people who are teaching you good things? I jump whenever they say stand up. I will stand until I don't see it. Sit for what? No matter how tired I am, I don't see it. Why? I
1: honor the Lord. I honor the Lord.
0: Spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence is to know how to carry yourself in church. Know what to wear when you are coming to church. There are things you wear to the club. There are things you wear to the church. When you are coming to church, dress well. Look elegant. Look beautiful. Not revealing and not exposing. Are you hearing me? When you are coming to please, please, please. When you are coming to church, as a matter of fact, what I wear, that is okay. You may wear it and it's not okay. You know why? Because maybe you are bigger than me. So check your size and wear what fits you very well. Spiritual intelligence. You know you are going to the house of the Lord and you don't want to be a distraction to anybody. Mostly those of you that, you know, let me leave you there. But you know how to cover
1: yourself.
0: There are people I respect in this church because of how they dress. They don't have any complaint. They don't have no issue. Dress. When you come to the house of God, dress, look good, look nice, look okay. You know why? Because you are respecting God. Adam and Eve ran away from God because they were naked. You are running to God. Say, Lord, this is how I am. God say, you have clothes. We are clothes, wear. We are, Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And ushers, if somebody comes to church not well-dressed, please don't embarrass them. Are you hearing me? There are people that are coming to church. Some of them don't have clothes. Are you hearing me? Some of them don't have clothes to wear. Some of them, they have grown their clothes, but they just don't. You don't know what people are going through in their houses. You think everybody have money like you? Encourage people to dress well. And please, uh, members. If you come to church and somebody gives you red clothes to wear, don't. It's the blood of Jesus. It doesn't mean anything. If they give you, where's that your red thing? Let me see. Bring one for me. Bring one. If they give you this one, don't. It doesn't mean anything. It means the blood of Jesus. They are just saying we're covering you with the blood of. It doesn't mean anything bad. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's just to cover you with the blood, against the attacks of the enemy. Are you hearing me? Yeah, that's what we call spiritual intelligence. Can I tell you something? Let me let me teach you something. Do you know that if you are with friends, watch this. If you are with a friend and you are talking, and the friend gives you sweets to eat, you know, like uh, what do you call it? Eh? No, no, not, not smooth. Hot. Like you are talking with a friend, and the friend just said, "Hey, I have something for you." and gives it to you. That's. It's not all the time, but sometimes. That's the way the friend is just saying, I want to enjoy the conversation. Can you have this? Amen and amen. Because if they tell you, hey, daughter, you'll be angry, so they just take it. So sometimes when somebody just gives you a use to cover, don't get angry. Amen? See, because, you know, when you come to church, eh, let me tell you one thing, the church has become a very sensitive place. The church, but it's not supposed to be like that. The church is very sensitively. So when people come to church, they are they don't know how to talk to you, they don't know how to approach you, they don't know. So before they talk to you, they have to rehearse first. No, it's not supposed to be like that. We are supposed to be very free with one another in church. Even if I'm, even if I hurt you, even if I hurt you, you should tell me hey, you hurt me, and I'm supposed to say I'm sorry. But I should be free with you as my sister, or my brother. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. Those of you who because of one issue you have with one person, you are now reacting and doing a lot of things because anytime you see the person, you act somehow. There are some of you here. You don't talk to each other in church. Some of you. You know what? You are not going to heaven. You are going straight to hell. Because of the issue you have with one person, you keep malice. Malice in church. You know why the Bible says judgment will begin in the house of God? Because that house of God people should know better. You can't keep malice. Tell your sister, I know you don't want to talk to me, but I will talk to you. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to heaven. Please, I'm sorry. And don't deprive people of opportunities because you're angry with them. Thank you. Are you hearing me? I may have issues with you, but what if I have opportunity to do anything for you? I can still do it. That's how it is. And can I tell you something? If I have misunderstanding with you, it doesn't make you my enemy. It just means that we miss the understanding. That's what misunderstanding is. We miss it somewhere. You are thinking that way. I'm thinking this way. So we miss this somewhere. And that's it. Spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence is when you know that the house of God is not a place where we come to compete with one another. It's a place where I should be happy for you. If you buy a car and the car is being dedicated, I will touch the car. I say, I tap. I receive my own. Not looking at your car and showing you attitude. Looking at you somehow as if you stole it. No. Let me say this to you. That that a person is rich in church should not make the person your enemy. There are people who make enemies with rich people, that's why you never be rich. Are you hearing me? Mean? Watch this. See if a poor man well listen. If a poor man maltreats you, eh, you don't really have much issues. I mean, a poor man might be this with But when a rich person treats you somehow, you say, yeah, he's doing it because he has money. No, it's not money issue. It's attitude problem. Leave money out of it. Praise the Lord. Rich people are not your problem. Poor people are not your problem. People come to church with issues. Some people are from family where they did not have a father to teach them. Some don't have mothers to teach them. So they are coming to church to learn. Please, let them learn. But please, if you are coming to church, learn fast. Your growth is taking too long. Please, learn fast. Some people will be in church for 20 years. They say, I am under construction. My brother. even the South African government will ask you, what kind of construction are you on for 20 years? Two years is enough for you to understand how the kingdom functions. Two years. It's enough. Say, you know what? I'm still under construction. 20 years you are still under construction. Are we out of budget or what? Please, if there's no budget, tell us, let's contribute so that this project can be completed. Praise the Lord. When you're in church, emotional intelligence, love people who don't love you. That one is hard, Mr. Colin. That one is hard, though. Love people who don't love you. Ah, that one is hard when you hear that somebody said bad things against you, and yet you are able to. It's okay, it's fine. Something you will tell you, move and he said, No, it's fine. It's intelligence. Spiritual intelligence is what helps you to know when to pray, when to fast, and when to act. Somebody say, I'm intelligent. Come and say it one more time, I'm intelligent. Say it again, I'm very intelligent. Say it again, I'm very intelligent. Say it one more time, I'm very intelligent. Let me give you this last one. I don't know how to say it because we have young people here. I don't know how to say this one. But you must take care of your sexuality. Take care of your sexuality. Don't jump from every bed. Because you are beautiful. You think every man who tells you I love you. So you jump on one bed to another. You can't do that. Take care of your sexuality. Did you hear me? Young ladies, daughters, take care of your sexuality. There is sickness everywhere in the world. Take care of your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost take care of your sexuality. You need sexual intelligence. Your intelligence. If you're married, make sure you take care of that area. The bedroom must always be alive. Are you hearing me? Trying to be very reserved in this area, so I don't just say but you take care of that area of your life. Very, very important. Don't sleep with a man who tells you marry you until he marries you. Even if they promise you heaven and earth, don't listen to them. The greatest and the best promise a man can ever give to you is to put a ring in your finger, take you to the altar, and make it official. Apart from that one, every other thing is a lie. No marriage, no sex. Take care of that area. Amen and amen. Alright, let me give you the last one. The last one is leadership intelligence. Leadership intelligence. Are you, am, I, am I helping somebody here this morning? A leadership intelligence. What is leadership intelligence? Leadership intelligence, whether you like it or not, you are supposed to act strong even when you are not strong. Okay, let me start by saying who is a leader? A leader. leader, How many people do you lead at work? 33. Eh? 33. You lead 33 people. I hope your salary is good, though, because 33 is not... 33 people you lead? Really? Ah, that's big, though. Who else leads people at work? How many do you lead? <laughs> Two people. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Two people. That's right. Who else? How many do you lead? Two people. Powerful, powerful, power stuff. How many do you lead? Eh? 25? 25? Wow. <sharp inhale> Colin, how many do you lead? Do you lead people at work? Eh? 34? 64? 164? You must be a millionaire, <laughs> Amen. Who else? Please just share with us. How many do you lead? At home. How many do you lead at home? Two at home. At work? You lead people at work? Okay. How many do you lead? None yet. How many? Huh? Eight. Three. Are you working already? You're leading three people. Wow. Can I? Can I say something to you? You see, everyone here who has said I lead, I lead people, I lead people, I lead people. Let me tell you something: whether you lead only one or you lead hundred, is the same thing. In fact, those of you who feel like there's no one I'm leading, you are leading yourself. Amen. You are doing what? You're leading. Everybody is a leader. Leadership intelligence is the ability to do what? To lead. If at this morning I said a leader, leadership is the ability to lead If when no one is following until they start following. Lead. A leader leads by what example? Whatever you say, do make sure you are there to do it. Are you hearing me? That's what we call servant leadership. Servant leadership is your ability to lead. Let people learn while you are leading. Am I talking to somebody here? A leader is supposed to be a sign for others to follow. Say I'm a leader. Say I'm a leader. A leader is not supposed to show weakness. A leader is not supposed to show frivolity. A leader is not supposed to show... A leader is supposed to be strong. you will take a lot of weight but you just be strong leadership intelligence may god give you that grace may you be may you may you lead the reason they pay you more if you lead more people is because they know that the more people you lead the more troubles you face like as you lead uh, let me go to as you lead 164 people i'm sure you have the good the bad the ugly the uglier the ugliest the bad bad badambas the good good goodest that you have all kinds of people there somebody say amen and let me tell you something mostly if you're a spiritual leader the trouble of the people you lead will come on you spiritual leader the trouble of the people you lead comes on you. Sometimes you have a burden. Sometimes you don't feel good. It's not because it's your problem. It's because of the people you are carrying. Rebecca had an issue. She went to God. Lord, why? Why am I having stomach problem? She thought it was a problem. God said, that's not your problem. It's the problem of the people you carry. You have two nations in your womb, so they are fighting. Leadership grace. May God grant you the grace to lead. Let up, how many people do you lead? You haven't said anything? I want to know. Six. Six people. Clive, how many? Your wife. <laughs> eh? The whole church. <laughs> That's our pastor. <laughs> the whole church. Amen. Amen as you are leading, people are following. Do you know there are people who approach you and just tell you, I just love you. You don't know people are watching you. Someone just say, I just love you. Someone called me one day and said, I love that usher. I said, why? She deals with things gracefully. People are watching. And can I tell you something? You are not being good because of people, ne? You're not doing it because of people. You're doing it because necessity is laid on you. Paul says, I don't want to. He says, I'm tired of preaching. He said, But he said, necessity is laid on me. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Lift up your hands and say, I'm a leader. Say, I'm a leader. Mama, how many people do you lead? Is this your daughter? Eh? How many children do you have? A boy and a girl. And this one. You are leading two people, mama. Two. Two powerful people. How many How many do you lead? Ah, you are leading. You are leading battalion. Ah, yeah. You are blessed with children. You are leading. Children and grandchildren. You are leading. You are leading. You are leading. Someone some, said, I'm a leader. Said again, I'm a leader. Catholic, are you leading anyone at work? Eh? You are leading only yourself. You just lead yourself, you, yourself, and I to try, to work. Amen. How I many are you leading? How I many are you leading? Eh? 47. And you're just quiet at the back as if nothing is happening. 47. Ah, you're a big leader. Amen. Are you working, sir? You, sir. Yes. Are you working? You're leading six. No, this is important. See, I need you to know that as we are mentioning now, some people you are seated next to that you are even looking down on, at work they are called bosses. I'm telling you, just that when we come to church we will drop your bossology somewhere and you become a child of God here. But people are leading out there. They're leading at their place Philadelphia, how many are you leading? Eh? You don't know, eh? Hundred and something. Are you sure? Hundred and something. Fifty-four. Okay. Oh, yes. I get you. I get you. How many are you leading? Eh? You are not leading anyone. But you're leading yourself. You are leading family. You're leading you. Amen. People are leading. Thank you, Jesus. Almighty. Oh, How many people are you leading? Four people. Four. Great. How many? Where, uh, you, are you? How many are you leading? Two. Ah, Sister Constructor. How many are you? Rose is leading a lot. How many? How many are you leading? I mean the ones you are leading. You are leading 105 people. Stand up, let me see our, our heights. See how tall I am. 105 people. Wow. Do you know what that means? 105 people take instruction from her. That's what it means. You see what I'm doing this. I'm not doing this thing just for people to show off. I'm showing you there are leaders in this place that you may be looking down on. For her to lead 105 people, it means they saw something in her. And they said this one can be our leader, and she works in a white company, right? You work for white people, right? And they made you a leader of hundred plus people. Mama, how many do you lead? You lead place. Oh, oh, wow! Different. Uh, uh, that's powerful. Awesome. 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 Mama. How many do you need? Everywhere. Amen. You are HOD now. HOD, heavy position, leading. So I'm just saying this. Uh, what I'm saying is like I want to repeat it. I'm not saying this just to disdain or to you know, no, not to measure anything. But I want you to know, understand what leadership is all about. Leadership is when you look back and somebody is emulating you. You're a leader. you are leading now. Uh, You are leading you. All those people who call you to come and do those things, you say, stretch your leg. They stretch. Stretch your leg. (laughs) You are leading because you are telling them what to do and they do it. Oh my God. Thank you, Father. Almighty, what is the love? What is the love? You. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Cabello, how many people are you leading? Five people. Beautiful. Five people. go. Uh, how many are you leading? We uh, are leading only you. That time you are walking there, people are clapping for you. And some people say, I wish I could be like go. You lead uncountable people, you don't know. You lead up. there are people following you on Facebook on Instagram, they're just praying I wish I could just be like that lady you are leading people you are leading people Palisa, I'm sure there are people that have come to you say teach me how to, eh? it's leadership it's as simple as that some of you don't know, leadership when you are doing video and people say send me Purpose. Are there people asking for videos? You are leading people now. You are leading. You are leading. Pastor you, you are leading people. There are people looking up to you. Yes. The light is flashing, so I didn't see this face. Fill me up. Till Flow. I want to run. Oh. How many people do you lead? You are leading the industry. I don't know what that means, but whatever it means. You are leading the industry. How are you? Bless you. What what how many people do you lead? You lead yourself. You are leading somebody. Hey! Mama! You lead a whole family. Mama? You lead a whole generation! You are leading people's head. Hey!